0: This is Women's Tech Radio, a show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network interviewing interesting women in technology, exploring their roles and how they're successful in technology careers. I'm Paige. And I'm Angela. So Angela, today we had an awesome opportunity to interview Shannon Morse. She's a new media podcasting host. Um, She's known for the show Hack 5 and also Tech Thing is her new show. And we got to talk to her about how she got into everything, gaming, and all sorts of fun topics. Yes, we sure did.
1: And before we get into the interview, I'd like to mention DigitalOcean. If you go to DigitalOcean.com and use the promo code HEYWTR, you can save on simple cloud hosting dedicated to offering the most intuitive and easy way to spin up a cloud server. You can create a a cloud server in 55 seconds and pricing plans start at only $5 a month. That's 512 megabytes of RAM, 20 gigabytes SSD, one CPU and one terabyte transfer. DigitalOcean has data center locations in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, and London. And the interface is incredibly simple, intuitive. The control panel is awesome. It'll help you design exactly what you need, which empowers users to replicate on large scales with the company's straightforward API. Check out DigitalOcean.com by
0: using promo code
1: HeyWTR.
0: And we got started with our interview today by asking Shannon what she's up to in tech these days.
2: So I am a producer and host of several different tech shows on the internets, on YouTube and on RSS feeds all over the place. Specifically, my main shows right now are Hack5, 5, H-A-K-5, 5, over at hack5.org, and Tech Thing, which is t-e-k thing.com. And both of those involve, well, hack is obviously about hacking and internet security. And then the Tech Thing show, that one is about technology in general for consumers.
0: So you're like a new media entertainer. Would you fit into that category?
2: Yeah, yeah, I guess you would say that. You know, I was just filling out my tax docs and I was like, uh, what do I put my profession as? I guess I'll just pick
0: journalism. (laughs) Yep, I know how that goes. I get to fall under the consultant category for almost everything. So how how did you get into that? Like new media is such like a, if we can use that term, it's such a, a new thing. It's kind of all over the place. Like what started that for you?
2: Well, I've always been interested in technology and stuff like that. And then I didn't discover podcasting or internet media until I was in college. So it was probably like 2003 or 2004. And um, I was really, really into video games at the time, which I still am, even though I don't have enough time to do it these Mm days. And um, my friend and I discovered this podcast called Pure Ownage up in Canada.
0: Oh my God, I love Pure Ownage.
2: Yes, me too. I'm so excited that they're working on their movie right now. I backed it on Kickstarter when they did that, or Indiegogo. So my best friend and I, we drove like... 20 hours from Missouri all the way up to Canada for the weekend just to see this live premiere and I fell in love with the community and I fell in love with like how how they there was no middleman between the hosts of the show and the characters and their fans so you could just walk up to them and like chill at a bar after their live premiere show so for me it felt like it was the perfect middle ground of loving technology and being able to enjoy it with your fans as well
0: yeah, that's really I would have never really thought of that end of it that there's no middleman between the fan and the person because I, I always think about it from the technology standpoint to say there's no there was especially then there was no middleman between me and the content like they came right from the producers of the content to me as a consumer. yeah and back then it, they had to just host it on their site and you had to download it like there's no YouTube or anything.
2: Yeah, like a lot of us who are working in podcasting, like we don't have agents or anything like that. So the only thing that's holding us back from reaching out to people is actually getting out of our house and getting out out from in front of the cameras and going out outside into the sun and enjoying time with real people. So yeah, I, I just um, I fell in love with it. And then after that, I, I just uh, started talking to the right people. And I ended up meeting the guys from Hack 5, and they asked me if I wanted to move out to Virginia, as weird as that is. But I moved into the Hack House, as it was called, back in the day. And um, they invited me on the show after I did a little bit of camera work behind the scenes. So at that time, I just had a full-time job, and I just kind of did it as a hobby. But eventually, it turned into a big full-time gig. (laughs) So I'm really
1: happy that it did. So... I obviously am into podcasting and we go to conventions in different places, uh, mainly local, like Washington, Oregon, California. Um, But we did do Ohio and Ohio Fest for uh, technology related stuff. And I get a lot of people coming up to me saying, Angela. And I'm like, hi, I don't know you like, but they know everything about me. You know, has that happened to you? Yes, (laughs)
2: very much so. Most likely, it's happened most often at a convention called Uh DEFCON, which is in Las Vegas. That's the biggest hacker convention in the US and possibly the world. Um, I'll have to check my facts on that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll I'll go there and I'm walking down to the room where we set up our booth and we we do all of our interviews and everything and people will stop me and they'll be like, oh my God, congratulations on getting married. And I'm just like, (laughs) I forgot I posted that publicly. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little awkward, but I'm like, dude, it's so cool that people are like willing to come up and just be like, Hey, congrats. And I'm like,
0: cool. Give me a hug. Yeah. 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 I actually had that experience when I first met Angela because I had been a follower of Jupiter broadcasting for a long time. And she posts so prolifically about her kids and her awesome photography of her kids. And I'm like, I feel like I just know you and we just met and it's, it's, cool to to get to know the person behind it but definitely an interesting experience
2: yeah totally yeah
0: and and like my experience with meeting chris at the convention like because i was starstruck um <laughs> and before i asked him i was like oh i'm so nervous like maybe he'll just give me some advice on podcasting and it'd be great
2: i don't try to act too starstruck whenever i meet other podcasters that i listen to all the time but sometimes you just can't help it
1: <laughs> yeah i've had people come up and they're like i, I don't really know what to say <laughs> like but I'm really, co- it's really cool to actually like meet you. It's it's really neat.
0: Yeah, I have to I have to make a confession that I, I was actually really nervous to ask Shannon to be on the show because I have been watching Hack Five since before she came on Hack Five, and oh, wow. I kind of watched Aww. her journey, and that's been really awesome to see, especially because when it got started, it was such a, a dude show, and as a woman watching the show, I was always like, you know, this is cool, and they had that like <laughs> one chick who would kind of stop in and do some gaming stuff once in a while.
2: I'll, I'll be honest, it was very intimidating when I first started on the show. I was not involved with ha- the hacker community very much at the time. And I was just kind of getting my feet wet into the whole process of learning all of the information that's out there about hacking and internet security. But in the, oh God, how long have I been doing this? Seven years? Oh my gosh, that's a long time. So in the seven years that I've been doing this, I've learned so, so much. And I feel like a lot of this, is it, it's just because I've gotten so involved and I made sure to ask the right questions. And I, I come to it as a no question is a stupid question. So I'm going to be mm-hmm. the person that asked that question, even though other people might look at me and think I'm stupid. I don't care because other mm-hmm. people have those questions, but they're afraid to ask them. So right. <laughs> I, I felt like I've grown so much just by being a part of this show. And it's it's been really informative for me. And I'm glad that I have some female fans out there. <laughs> it makes me very happy.
1: What was your focus in college? Was it a technical degree? It wasn't, as weird
2: as that is. um, I probably should have gone into theater at the time, but I didn't because I was obsessed with theater. But um, I went into hospitality and restaurant administration. So I I guess what I took out of college mostly was the business perspective. It helped me be a, a better public speaker because we did a lot of presentations for our classes. And it also taught me a lot about how to run a business. So we've been able to open up a store for Hack5 online. So we do a lot of e-commerce. And we've also learned a lot about marketing and things like that.
0: So you, you said you've always been interested in technology. Like, what did, what did that look like as a kid for you?
2: Oh, yeah. My, my dad had a computer in my nursery. <laughs> <laughs> he did. We didn't have enough rooms in the house, apparently. This is the story he's told me. So when I was a baby he just stuck his first computer or one of his many computers in my in my nursery and he would let me sit on his lap and pound at the keyboard until I figured out something that happened on the keyboard. So yeah, I've I've just been around computers my whole life. My dad was a really uh, big influence on that for me. Also for my like Star Trek geekiness because he watched it every single day after work so I would sit down and watch it with him. I love my geeky influences but um, yeah I learned how to build computers when I was probably an early teen uh, 11 or 12 I think was when I first built my computer with my dad and he got me into building uh, websites when I was in middle school so I learned a little bit about like HTML and how to build a really simple anime fan gallery type website on Geocity so I learned a little bit there and I also got really involved with video gaming and uh, I made a good group of friends at school who got me really obsessed with that kind of stuff so it was just always um, a really good influence with me like as far as the people that I was hanging out with and my dad was always there and he was always like yeah you know come with me to the computer store we'll go to Best Buy and you can check out motherboards back when
0: they had motherboards. (laughs) Dude, you had the best dad ever.
2: <laughs> he was awesome. Yeah, he's 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 a great guy. He still gets really geeky with me. I'll be like, let's go to fries," And he's like,
0: yeah, let's go. My friends call that Mecca. Oh, yes. So like you did all this as a as a young person. And then like, why did you end up choosing hospitality instead?
2: Um, a lot of it was because I really liked working with people and i felt like if i went into a tech thing i wouldn't get to work with people as much like one on one or mm-hmm. you know face to face but i i went into a lot of jobs during like high school and during college where i managed restaurants or i was a server like i i think i did assistant management at a domino's pizza for like 5 years so it was really fun for me i loved being able to like make people happy and make perfect perfect food for them and see the smile on their faces and get really good tips out of it so for me it was just all about like really enjoying my job and being able to be around people because i'm a friendly person
0: i I had a very similar story where um, i was really involved in tech doing a lot of i.t support and i kind of topped out desktop support and knew that the next step would kind of be to end up as like a server monkey in a server farm like just in the basement and you know kind of had to transition in the first interview i did or was trying to transition, they were like, well, why, why would you want to leave this field? You know, it's lucrative, it's good, it's interesting. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to just stare at server fans all day. Like, I want to interact with other people, even yeah. if that's in a non-technical space.
2: That's why I love podcasting now, is because I can I can use my tech experience that my dad's taught me, and I can use what I can find online and through educational books that I can purchase and learn. And I I can also use my theater obsession, and I kind of mix the two together and I can still mm-hmm. talk to people face to face with interviews and talking to fans and going to like conventions and stuff like that. So it's like the happy medium for all those different obsessions for me.
0: Mm-hmm. What have been your biggest challenges with podcasting?
2: Being a woman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, it's It's been very tough for me to get over my own conflictions in my brain, <laughs> telling me like, um, you know, whenever you're around men who are in a certain technical community, they may talk down to you because you're a female. Or if I'm at a convention, I have to deal with people sexualizing me because I'm a woman and because I just happen to have girly parts. So it's right. it's been very hard for me to get people to act mature whenever I'm talking on a show and I just happen to be wearing like a shirt that has a little bit of cleavage or something like that. So... <laughs> It's, right. it's been it's been hard, but I think I've gotten to the point where I'm respected because I respect people just as much. And I've learned a lot about what I'm good at. And I also don't lie to people. So, you know, whenever I'm on the show talking about a certain segment, I'll tell them straight up like, hey, I'm not an expert in blah, blah, blah. But this is something that I studied and I know this is correct.
0: I've, I've always been really impressed with your ability to kind of present a brand new topic um and be humble about it without being apologetic. Yeah. Yeah. That's really key especially for women like our tendency is is to be apologetic that mm-hmm. we don't know things and and it's okay to not know everything but it's also okay to know what you know.
2: Yeah. I totally agree with you on that. And I'm totally willing on the show, too, to ask for support as well. Like, if, if there's a certain thing that I run into, like a problem, which I'll run into problems everybody does with technical aspects, um, I'll ask the community. I'll say, hey, has anybody else run into this problem? Can you answer this for me? Email me, and I'll shout you out in the next show. So that mm-hmm. way it's, you know, it's rewarding for them, and it's rewarding for me, too, because I love to learn. And I'm always willing to learn because, you know, <laughs> you can never learn everything that's available in the world.
1: Um, Have you done any kind of boot camp or um, any kind of online specifically technical classes? Yeah, like
0: What's your favorite resource for learning all the new stuff that you're constantly teaching?
2: I'm a huge bookworm. So if I can find like an educational (laughs) book that's written by an expert in the field, I'm gonna buy the book. (laughs) I know that I could just Google it and probably find a great Wikipedia article about whatever I'm learning, but
0: I prefer to use like school textbooks. I think you might be the first guest that said that. (laughs)
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I learn so much better whenever I can sit down and read a book. And I think it's just because I've always been around books my whole life. So I'm I'm a huge bookworm.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I, I kind of agree, like when I really need to deep dive a topic, like I just recently had to start learning AngularJS for my job and like trying to do it with the online tutorials, I was getting some of it. But when I finally like, I was like, okay, I'm just going to get the O'Reilly book and sit down and plow through it, like it all just comes together so much more richly.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really tough too with online articles because a lot of them start at a, you know, a more advanced topic when I choose to start my segments at a very beginner topic. So if I'm just learning things, I can't start from like halfway in, like the 201 series. I have to start with the 101 or else I don't understand a thing. So I'm, I'm very logical. I'm very step-by-step and tutorial-based. And I like to teach people the same way that I like to teach myself.
0: Yeah, I have to say I've I've definitely recommended your hack tip segments for several women trying to kind of get their head around some basic stuff for Linux. Or Thank you, stuff like that. I'm really happy to hear that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Paige is a huge advocate. She's uh, she runs the Portland chapter of Women Who Code and does a lot of networking.
2: Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, I've even had like, I've had a few people email me and say, hey, I've been using your hack tips as a series in my school or in my classroom. So it's really, really inspiring whenever I have people email me and tell me that they're using this to teach a younger generation.
0: So what would you, I guess I'm always interested because especially with it being so accessible, like really all you need is a computer and an internet connection and some sort of microphone and you can get started podcasting like what would you say to people who are interested in kind of like putting sharing their knowledge in this way?
2: Definitely do it about something that you're obsessed with, like not just something that you're semi interested in it and you kind of want to teach people about it, but something that you really know, like s- something that you're willing to learn, really delve into, and really become an expert on. Uh, because if you're not, it really comes across in podcasting whenever somebody doesn't know everything. Um, so and be willing to learn more, too. And then as far as technical experience with podcasting, get a good mic. Audio is key. People won't listen to a podcast if it doesn't have good audio. And don't worry about how many people are watching your show because the ones that matter, they will be there from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't. It doesn't matter if you have a million views. Don't look at it as trying to make money. Just look at it as
0: sharing, sharing something that you love. The internet is an awesome place because we've all taken the time to share. I agree. So what do you think? So we talked about your biggest challenges in podcasting. What keeps you in podcasting? Like what lights your fire about it?
2: For me, it's really when I go to conventions or when I go to a meetup or something like that and I see like a little boy or a little girl come up to me and be a little bit shy about meeting me, but tell me that. They've learned from me and they've been able to develop some kind of um, experience with whatever I've been teaching on the different shows. And for me, it feels so good to know that I'm I'm changing somebody's view on technology. So it's not just like, you know, when me and you grew up, it's it's not like it feels geeky for them, like we're looked at as looked down on, looked down upon. Yeah, but it when feels geek wasn't cool. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't cool back in our day. But now, now it's more of a cool thing because you have these interesting people get in, in into it that are so, uh, so obsessed with it that it, we come across like I don't know Bill Nye's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember watching Bill Nye in high school and thinking, like, wow, he's so cool. Like, he makes me so excited for science. I want to be that person. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be the person that gets these little kids excited about talking about internet security and hacking.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I've never seen anyone be able to light up a room about PGP the way that you can.
2: Yeah, I just, I love seeing when, you know, a little nine-year-old girl comes up to me and her eyes light up because she's like, oh my gosh, I learned so much from you. It just makes me feel
0: so good inside. And that's really what keeps me going.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Reaching out, helping the community and just building it back. And, you know, I think hearing you talk at the beginning about how being involved in the community was what kind of jump-started you into the knowledge and the, the place that you have in podcasting. Like, you know, this this community, the hack community, the tech community is welcoming by and large, you know, and just like you said, no question is a bad question.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I've had a few people look at me and just be like, you're asking that question. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, because guess what? The five people behind me, they want to ask that question too, but they're too afraid to, at, you know, raise their hands.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, exactly. I talk. I talk a lot when I, I teach an intro to JavaScript course, and I the one of the biggest things I teach is like, ask questions and let me help you learn how.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because you're not going to learn if if something goes over your head, you have to ask those questions.
0: Yeah, and and don't don't be afraid to ask how to ask the question too, because sometimes it's just that you're missing that you know you're asking these questions and you're just asking the wrong question. So just go ahead and ask like, what should I know here? Like, what am I missing?
2: Absolutely. Oh man, I wish I would taken your course in <laughs> in college. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, and so then we talked uh, briefly about your nickname on Twitter, you're uh, forward slash snubs, or I guess at snubs and your website is snubsy.com. Yeah. Can you tell us how you got that nickname?
2: Uh, so that was in high school. I was hanging out with my friend Danny And I was really into video games at the time. So I was learning that I really needed to get a screen name. And I thought, well, Shannon's not that great of a screen name. So I need something cool. So um, one of my friends, he was like, well, what about Snubsy Boo? And I was like, that's so cute. Snubsy Boo. So over time, it just kind of shortened down to Snubs (laughs) because it's easier to spell and it's faster to type.
0: That works. Yeah. Sometimes when our friends lay on us, it just sticks.
1: Yep. It's a boring yeah.
2: question. Or it's a it's a boring answer, but I get it all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the first time I had to come up with a screen name was for Live Journal. Well actually well, first of all, actually yeah, it was actually AOL. And and I wanted Curly, but there were apparently eight thousand five hundred and seven hundred and anyway, like it was curly eight five six four seven. But anyway, when I got to like choose one creatively in high school for live journal, I just Googled I put in a random word into Google and browsed just picked a random word and then did it again with a different word and picked a, a second word and it ended up being scaling dynasty oh that's
0: cool i that's know cool, actually it
1: is cool i haven't used it anywhere else but it,
0: yeah yeah my friends always get a little bit weirded out when they find out my online handle because i'm kind of like a tomboy girl mm-hmm. and you know backwards hats and everything and my handle is feather
2: oh that's <laughs> yeah. adorable i like yeah. it yeah. Yeah. It works for me. Well, people get weirded out whenever I walk into like a fries, and I'm like, I want to build a computer. And then I get these looks from the reps and they're like, you sure you want to build a computer? Like, yes, I can do my manicures and pedicures and want to build a computer too.
0: Yeah. Do you find that because you have a, a fairly feminine appearance, even for like women in technology, like that, that sets you even farther apart?
2: Oh, for sure. (laughs) I did an experiment recently where, and it was just kind of a quiet experiment that I didn't tell anybody about, but you can (laughs) see it on Tech Thing if you look close enough. So in one episode, I wore a very floral shirt. It was very, like it had flowers all over it and it was pink and it was, you know, very, very girly. And I I was talking about uh, some kind of technical segment. I don't remember what it was now, but I got a lot of um, harsh criticism on that episode. And I was like, well, I know that I was teaching the correct facts, so I'm going to try something new on the next episode. So on another episode of Tech Thing, I decided to do another different shirt where I wore a gaming t-shirt. So it was, you know, it wasn't flattering. It wasn't girly at all. It was just a gaming t-shirt with a bunch of consoles on it. I got really, really good constructive feedback on that one. Nobody was negative. And I was like, that's strange. So I did it again. Same thing. Isn't that weird? Wow. Wow. Isn't that crazy? So I was like, huh. So it totally has to do with like how you how you show yourself on a show. And a lot of it is kind of sexist. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's meant to be, but it's just the way that we've grown up and the way that we perceive women as compared to men. So women generally are perceived as like lesser or we don't have as much education as men or as much experience Uh, not that i'm a feminist
1: necessarily i might be
2: sometimes but i've noticed a big difference depending on what i wear on the show
1: right well and if you just put it into sentences that somebody reads it's like like if the audience is thinking what does she know she's wearing flowers exactly that sounds weird yeah but or but it was like oh she might know something she has a gaming shirt
2: Yep, you know, that's so <laughs> bizarre. It's totally bizarre, but it's true and that's the way yeah. our society has been taught.
0: It's I an know. unconscious bias. And yes. that's the the hardest part about it is it it is by and large an unconscious bias. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's- I get treated very differently than most of my female counterparts because I wear baseball caps I wear t-shirts and jeans and most guys just treat me like one of the guys mm-hmm. and so it's it's kind of interesting because I feel sometimes I get to be a double agent yeah. <laughs> to like infiltrate and be like advocate dun, dun, for women dun, 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 and they're dun. like but you're <laughs> one of the guys what's going on
2: that's <laughs> hilarious <Cheers>. it's terrible <laughs> but it's hilarious yeah yeah
0: yeah, and sometimes I, but at the same time, it's interesting because I'll get the unconscious bias the other way, where I show up to a woman's event, and because I don't look very feminine, I can get the judgment in the other direction too. Oh well, yeah, that's, so. for sure. <laughs> that's very, very interesting. Although the geek community is more accepting, of accepting that, yes, right. which is good. Speaking of dressing, interestingly, you had one last thing that I'm always fascinated by. Who's your favorite character to cosplay?
2: Oh heck yeah, um, I would say Sailor Mars. She's Ooh, from Sailor Moon. Call. If nobody's watched it, Sailor Moon is amazing. So good. Yeah.
0: You went old school.
2: <laughs> yes, it's totally old school. But I made my first Sailor Mars costume when I was in college and I loved it so much. I, I even dyed my hair black and I grew it out so it would look like Sailor Mars. There are pictures. Wow. There are pictures on the Internet of my Sailor Mars cosplay on my Twitter.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, what what are you? who are you dressed as in your current Twitter picture?
2: Uh, let's see. My current Twitter, I think, is just my. Oh yeah, that's my Renaissance Festival costume. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yep.
0: I just decided to dress as a run fair person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am. I'm trying to put together my very first cosplay costume, and um, it is a, a big reach because I, I want to cosplay as Baymax Ooh. from Big Hero Six. Cool. Oh my gosh. So, but I I've been a costumer for a long time. I do a lot of Renaissance fair and all that jazz. Um. So I like costuming, but this is an interesting, I want to do the blow up and figure out how to make it work. That's really oh, cool.
2: I wish you I, tons of luck. It's hard work, but it's worth it.
0: Right. I
1: actually have a fan for material to to blow it up. Ooh,
0: like All right. We're going to have to talk.
1: Yeah. That's, so. that's great. It's for like a Hulk uh, costume, but you could totally just use it oh, for that. Oh, that's
0: neat. I should look into that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So cosplaying. What What about cosplaying do you enjoy? Shannon.
2: I, I like being able to dress up and pretend to be somebody else. It's, it's the theater thing for me.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, um, I always like the idea of be all you can't be. Yeah. Oh man. It's so much fun. Yeah. It's very fun. I, I, I highly recommend that if you've never played dress up as an adult, you at least give it a go. It's, um, at the very least it's an interesting psychological experiment.
2: It is. It's kind of like Halloween every single day
0: yeah with less candy
2: yes with less candy well unless you buy it from the grocery store next door to
0: the hotel <laughs> like i do i feel like you might have done that
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> might be from experience nice. <laughs> awesome
0: well um so i just one last question uh you've mentioned that you go to conventions what's the next convention that you're headed to
2: uh let's see the next one will be this summer it'll be defcon again this will be i think like my sixth defcon Wow, oh, that's wow. a lot. And after that, I'll be going to Dragon Con for my first time this year. So I'm planning bummer? to oh, no. cosplay at that one.
0: Cool. Are you skipping PAX this year? No PAX. Yeah, no PAX for me. Oh, bummer. Do you go to PAX? Maybe I should go. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're up here in Seattle. So i um, planning to go to PAX this year. Oh, it'll be my awesome. first year. So it'll be a good time. It
2: looks amazing. I have friends from Missouri that go to PAX. And I'm like, oh, man, I live so much closer. I need to go. You really should come up. <laughs> I'll take you up on that.
0: Awesome. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Shannon. This has been amazing. And we'll look forward to seeing you on your shows. Thank you so much. And it was a pleasure talking to both of you.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Women's Tech Radio. Remember, you can find a full transcription in the show notes at
0: jupiterbroadcasting.com or also at awtr.tumblr.com. And also any links to Shannon's shows will be in the show notes. So if you want to check her out, go ahead and, and take a gander there. You can also find us on iTunes. Um, subscribe to the show there if you prefer an RSS feed. It's available at jupiterbroadcasting.com under the heywtr show. And you can also follow us on Twitter at awtr. Hey Thanks for listening.